Whirlpool speed, straight down the spine, and he hits the target. Lewis lays out. Booth checks inside, put the ballet step on him, and rolled it through. Wingard can go. He's got Lewis over the top, running back to the square. Lewis has got three to beat here, and he beats them all. Whirlpool did well. Second effort was just as good. Got up to Shields. He runs, but he's got no one home. He goes through by foot. Had to go to Fuopolo by hand. The one-two. The Smith opens it up inside. Hammerhand looks up. Hopkins to the top of the 50. Nash went to ground. Bruce. Nash bends it. That's against the grain. The Hawks went back-to-back for the first time in 2019, dismantling the Dockers for a 31-point win. We saw an encouraging first game back for Grant Birchall, a wonderful game from James Warple, and a mountainous Mitchell Lewis made yet another strong impression. There's plenty to be excited about right here on the Hawk Talk podcast, the go-to show for all fans of the Hawthorne Football Club. My name is Nick Mason, and I'm joined by the man with the golden Sean Burgoyne stat. G'day, Tiz. That was wonderful, how that came about, wasn't it? It's just always nice to wheel this one out again. I loved it when you said it the first time, but can we go again on this? Frio thing? and Sean Burgoyne equal on wins. <laughs> Excellent. So yeah, just that again for anyone who who might not have caught it. That's the entire club of the Fremantle Dockers <laughs> yes. have achieved the same winningest. <laughs> it, it, over the, their respective journeys, they've achieved the same as Sean Burgoyne. Yeah, the same number of wins. Excellent. I mean, that's it's quite just aw- astonishing. It's quite awful, isn't it? <laughs> well, I mean, it, it took an effort. Frio were ahead by a game, and then after this week's result, <laughs> Sean Burgoyne back in the picture. Wasn't it something like Ross Lyon's 300th game or something like that? It was a did, fitting tribute by Frio to, <laughs> to their coach, did, I thought. Did I that happen? <laughs> I, I didn't hear that heralded at all. <laughs> no, too busy uh, salivating of, over Fife with the commentary team. He had a couple of faux pas even during the quarter time interview, didn't he? Oh, did he? Yeah. Oh, that's right, he did. Yeah. yeah you lost it. <laughs> I could not believe he said what he said. And it won't be repeated on this pod. <laughs> well, that's fair enough. Um, this was a rare instance in which we watched a game together. We went to a pub, we went to the Elgin. I'd never been there before. And uh, it started getting quite busy, didn't it? But the remarkable thing was, we had the entire big screen to ourselves. We did on How a did sofa in the dark. Yeah, it's quite but, intimate. <laughs> I mean, the dark because that was by choice. We could have flicked a light on, but uh, yeah. Well, I felt they didn't want us to actually see the nachos, but whatever. <laughs> yeah, it was, it was all purposeful. You feel it was all by design. Yeah, <laughs> could see that argument, but uh, no. The rest of the pub was uh, was buzzing, and people were watching the footy elsewhere. But we had the entire room to ourselves on the big screen, which was wonderful because there were quite a few expletives at points, especially oh, we when carried on, especially when Fife. Just burned everybody for about 10 minutes. Yep. Yeah, that wasn't uh, pleasant viewing. I remember when O'Brien went up for that massive mark, I almost fell off the couch. <laughs> That's how much I was carrying on. So maybe it was for the best that we were kind of quarantined. But it was a good fans. Saturday. I enjoyed it. It and was. It was the, a good afternoon. The result was hardly ever in doubt from the first 10 that's, minutes. That's right. A very encouraging signs and uh, tested a little bit, but we prevail in the end. Before we get to the recap, though, let's get into some social media stuff right here. iTunes, you can rate and review us on there. would really appreciate it if you did. We've got plenty of reviews to get through yeah, this week. Yeah, you banned me, though. I wasn't allowed to look. No, that's right. So this is the first time you're hearing them, and that's uh, exactly the way uh, I wanted it. You have no idea the self-control that that took. Yeah, you say that. I don't trust that you had the self-control, <laughs> but we'll find out. See if you can detect if any of this is genuine, listeners, yeah. if any of these reactions. Anyway, we heard from uh, Bogan Blondie, who left a review on iTunes. Uh, Bogan Blondie says, I've been looking for a podcast for Hawthorne for ages. During that time, I've had to just sit next to my partner as he listens to the Melbourne one. <laughs> There's like four for Melbourne. It's a marathon session. That's a hell- <laughs> That's not a road trip I want to be on. It's a fantastic, uh, what would you say, ratio podcast to actual supporters. <laughs> and success, even. <laughs> uh, absolutely hooked and always hanging to hear the next pod. So happy that I found Hawk Talk. Well, thank you, Brogan Blondie. We very much appreciate that. Now, we heard from uh, one of our long-time... I see why I couldn't read that one. Well, we heard from one of our long-time listeners, Enz Donner, who's uh, gone with the moniker of Sean Marquez. <sighs> okay. <laughs> and now the reason he couldn't read him has been revealed, listeners. <laughs> Walked right into my trap. <sighs> Sean Marquez. Says, At least I haven't said it yet. Isn't that the trap? I have to say it. 
I'll get you by the end of the show. <laughs> Nick and Tiz produce the best Hawthorne podcast out there. If you're always HFC, this podcast is a must-listen. Insightful and entertaining with loads of funny. As Molly Meldrum used to say, do yourself a favour. Oh, that's very kind from Enns. He's been a very, very supportive, long-time interactor on Twitter as well. Indeed, indeed. And we uh, move on to our last review here from uh, Flash Splash. Uh, begins underrated excellent listen in the spirit of the media's approach to the mighty hawks i originally gave this five-star podcast a four-star rating what (laughs) what indeed it's been amended though uh (laughs) flash splash clarifies their position saying much like clarko never being voted coach of the year not the top mark but you know internally this is the best hawk podcast remember we don't measure things in stars down at hawthorne the true rating Five Premiership Cups. Oh, I like that. Yeah, so he's given us five anyway, so that's nice. We appreciate that. You can also find us on Twitter, at HawkTalkPod. Surged beyond 1,500 followers now. We're doing pretty well, just all of a sudden. Just the electricity after a win, Tiz. I like how Flash... Uh, how do you say it? Flash Splash? Yeah, that's the, that's the one. A bit of a mouthful. <laughs> There's too many of these things now. I'm getting trapped with a lot of things now. <laughs> I like how he's just gone in... That is the Hawthorne philosophy, isn't it? it? Sort of underlines why Clarko fell asleep at the Brownlow. Yeah, he doesn't care. Yeah, they don't care about the rising star. Nope. Burton not getting it. Nobody worried. Just meant we didn't have to give him a bigger contract. Had to give up more for Wingard. But anyway, you know. I'd take Wingard at the moment. Did you see what happened to poor uh, Burton? Well, that's what I mean. I mean, yeah. we rush him back to the Kennedy Clinic and fix him right up. <laughs> three, three times now. That's three hammies. That's shocking. That uh, is a, it's I consider it I consider it two though, because they put him pushed him back on the park after the first one. Uh, the two, following two week. Remember that? Yeah. yeah, two serious ones with Burton. But uh I told you Port Adelaide were pretenders. They're the worst. Well, as much as we've been hot and cold all year, they are shocking. Yeah, it's not so much one week at a time as once every two weeks. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> <laughs> they just turn up whenever they feel like it. It's great. <laughs> Stuffs everyone's footy tips. Ah, oh, I couldn't believe it. They dropped Hipwood and they rested Hodge and mm-hmm. they're down by six six or seven goals yep. a quarter time. Did not matter at all. Yeah, anyway, at Hawk Talk Pod for Twitter, a huge thank you for everyone who's on board there. Find us on Facebook too, Facebook.com slash Hawk Talk Pod. Now we can get stuck into this win. Hawthorne twelve twelve eighty four defeated Fremantle eight five fifty three. And as you said, it, it wasn't Ever really a point where we felt seriously challenged by Frio? I mean, obviously Fife fired up, but otherwise I was pretty confident in us the whole day. Our ball movement was there. Mm-hmm. I, I was a little con- concerned for Grant Birchall coming back, mm-hmm. but he looked like he, he'd played for about a month. He got caught once or twice, I think, but yes, geez, yep. his disposal's wonderful and he just the movement off the half-back line was so much cleaner than it normally is. We heard from one of our listeners, Ewan, at Hawk Talk Pod. How many years has Birch got yet? I reckon he's far from done. I'd have and to agree. You, and if you want to think, like, maybe we're underappreciating Birch, mm. have a look at Hughes. And who is the other bloke that kept kicking it back to us off the oh, half-back line for Frio? Oh, Ryan, is it? I think it was Ryan, yeah. <laughs> that was terrific. Every time 38 got the ball, I was like, here we go, Nick. Back to us. And he did. Yeah. I, it was, Except for that time he hit it out on the full. That was uh, <laughs> disappointing. It was like a miniature uh, two-man Mexican wave on that couch <laughs> going, way! <laughs> it's good fun. Uh, look, everything with Birchall, everything old is new again. It's great. First game in two years, slots back into the side seamlessly. He got to work in all the familiar ways. It was just like no time had passed. Fairy tale like down at Tassie. <laughs> exactly. It was a great story. This is everything you wanted from his return. And for some fans, I'm guessing he might have even exceeded expectations. He was on I, the front of the paper down there the following day. Yeah, he was. He was indeed. And even in the lead up, I think there was the headline, uh, Virtual Reality. Oh, really? Which is one of That's my favourite. That's actually favorite. quite good. It is. It's one of my favourite play on words uh, in a long time. At the final, Siren Virtual had 21 touches at 81%. Uh, eight marks, five rebound 50s. Welcome back, Birchall. And it gives us some freedom, doesn't it? We know Birchall's going to be in the back line, so a lot of players can move around. We saw Hardwick went forward. Mm-hmm. Impey could go forward next week. And I think, um, because Hardwick, what did he score? He scored something like 50-plus goals in the uh, TAC Cup yeah. um, before he came to Hawthorne. Mm. If we push him forward, we might be able to bring someone up out of the VFL, sit them in the back line and just let them get to the pace of AFL there. In the kindest possible way, Hardwick might be the most dispensable of our back line I think it's just a way of 
bringing someone into the lineup because we know Hardwick can do it. And it's just, you know, like my Twitter profile is Clarkson with a lab coat and, and yeah. goggles on. He's experimenting. <laughs> that's right. That's right. But, but this is what I'm saying. I think we can afford to rob the back line. If we're going to choose anyone to, to sort of switch out of there, it probably would be Hardwick. I say that it's interesting that well, Impy can go forward too. Well, Impy, well, he's playing so well there. I don't, I don't really want to muck around with that. But Hardwick, we, we haven't really had a backline without Hardwick in a long time. When you mm. think about it, he's been extremely durable and dependable. I wonder if that would change up too much if you were suddenly out of there. But as we are in the experimental phase, tis I'm willing to find out if that's what he wants to do. I'd be happy to do that. Uh, who else did you like from this game? One James Warple, I think we have to get to him next, don't we? Yeah, with James Warple. With the smother that turned the game. <laughs> James Warple is our really pleasing BOG uh, for the game. He finished with 33 disposals at 66.7%. 15 of those contested, Tiz. Led our team for clearances with nine, laid four tackles, notched up three inside 50s and a goal assist. But as you say, one particular moment that pleased Hawks fans the most. Yeah, and he won the, uh, the medal on the day, the Get Stuffed. Goddard medal. <laughs> so that's going to be uh, weekly now, I think, <laughs> rather than annually. Uh, we heard from a few listeners about that particular tap on, that smother and tap on. We heard from Dave at Hawk Talk Pod. The momentum changer was Warple's smother at halfback that resulted in Nash's goal. You'll need a good five minutes on that this week. Or don't worry, we're well within it now, Dave. Heard from Justin too. We were being dominated. Then that moment turned to the match. Seven goals, six to three goals, zero after that play. And we heard from Stephen too. Uh, that smother and tap on should not go unnoticed. Got it back on our terms. And he still backs it up in the last quarter with another 11 possessions. Jeez. All his disposals all up, 33, 11 in the last quarter. Yeah. That's an incredible effort from a young man. And not to mention taking that tap from McAvoy in what was, oh, I mean, yeah. surging through the centre, providing silver service to Mitchell Lewis, who just stampedes out of the square. That's her best play for the year. Yeah. For mine, no contest. You, you do not get better. Frio didn't lay a finger on it. No, no, it was it was beautiful stuff. I like how he looked behind him just to see how much yes. space he had. Yeah, fair enough. And then he kicked it across mm. and over the Frio defence yep. to Mitch Lewis. So, wonderful, excellent stuff. And to lead as he did, the confidence from Lewis, it's just champagne football. I want to talk about Mitch Lewis some more, but we'll stay on Warple for now. It's just great, isn't it, that uh, someone like Goddard can come out and just be blatantly wrong. Just the most ridiculous comment that he's apparently stalled. And so quickly, he can just uh, just throw it back in the face. Well, he had more clearances than five. Nine to five. There you go. It's a, it's a wonderful thing to have such a young and talented man running around for our club, 580 metres gained at 67% disposal efficiency, which had been our knock on him. Well, it's, it's been up from previous weeks, so I don't mind that. It's not great, but it's something. But 580 metres gained, that's second to only Henderson on the day. Yep. I mean, what else can you say about this kid? Well, that's it. I, I find this is the, uh, the problem that some of our best players give us, is that we find ourselves repeating the same things over and over. And as I've said with Warhol before, you cast your minds back to when Mitchell had his injury and you think, bloody hell, how are we going to cover this? Who's going to stand up? This bloke. He's done... What more can you give this club? As a second-year player, he's just been outstanding. Inside and outside, 15 contested, 18 uncontested. This is exactly what you want from a young man. He's uh, making sure that he's got a varied position in the squad. Mm-hmm. Don't take it for granted, anyone. I know by, you know, you get to around 17, it's like you just rock up and you watch Warple play. Just appreciate what you're seeing at the moment, this development of this young player, this future superstar of the comp, and then you add Mitchell to this back into this team. I mean, it's going to be ridiculous. <laughs> We're very well poised. So I was a bit concerned for Hal for a little while there when Fife got off the leash. Yeah, at the time when we were watching it, I thought that was Howe's problem, but it was more, you know... If he drifts forward five, Howe yeah. is Howe is not the man to go with him. It was Hardwick, unfortunately, and, you know, that was probably Lyon's one move for the day that well, it, kind it, of worked. Was, was it a conscious move, a well, semi-conscious move, an unconscious move? Because he got injured, went down to the rooms, that's and right, I, I yeah. suppose he needed a breather while the painkillers kicked in. Yeah. Well, he he did that thing of uh, you know that Chris Scott does, just send Dangerfield forward and just see what happens. Yeah, you know yeah. the walking wounded yeah. Patrick Dangerfield every other <laughs> week. 
Yeah, yeah. Well, I don't need to remember that with Geelong coming up this week. It's an invitation to just put him down for the count. <laughs> so you're going to act like you're walking wounded? Well, let's see what we can do about that, eh? Yeah, you you immediately get a target on your head. People have done it to our players in the past. Yeah. Well, it's it's just part of the game. If uh, you're cleared to come on, you're you, you're fair game. We heard from one of our listeners, David, uh, at Hawk Talk Pod. Imagine the guy who coached Baker, Ballantyne and Crowley crying about players needing protection. Get in the bin, you old hack. <laughs> but David's well, just gone bang on Ross Lyon there. It's the absolute deflecting attention, isn't it? Oh, it was From obvious. such a piss-poor result and the fact that he dropped Griffin Logue and then the difference, <laughs> and that's what we're going to call him from now on. <laughs> Mitch Lewis... You know, if he has Griven Logan that side, who is one of the best one-on-one defenders, yeah. I don't think that happens as easily as it did. No, At one it's, point, it's... Mitch Lewis outmarked three of them mm. off a, well, let's say, an uneducated kick forward from Wingard. Oh, it wasn't to the a best. three-on-one. No, it wasn't great. <laughs> Just sort of underlined how mercurial Wingard can be. That he... and Mitch. Well, yeah, but. For that well, to Mitch pay has off done that was twice ridiculous. in a row now. He's done that. <laughs> Mitch, Mitch Lewis has done that two weeks in a row. He's marked over three opponents. But it was a wonderful kick because it was to the advantage of Mitch. Yes. It just carried yeah. enough. Yeah. <laughs> so hang on. Are you praising Wingard or not? I am because most players okay. wouldn't take that opportunity. Okay. <laughs> he had faith in Mitch to kick it to him. Well, that's what I like. That's something I pointed out with the, uh, with the game last week. I felt that they wouldn't put it there if they didn't think he was a chance. And clearly our players are starting to think he's a chance. Yeah. Because they're starting to feed Lewis. Lewis ended up with five scoring shots. Yeah. Can we talk about Mitch Lewis, please? Did you see how often they kicked to Nash? Is that a trick question? Yes. <laughs> <laughs> Let me talk about Mitch Lewis. We heard from Rick at Hawk Talk Pod. I'm getting goosebumps watching Lewis. The switch has been flicked. Yes, the switch to Mitch. Mitch charging for chess marks. Did have a whiff of Dunstall about it, Tiz. I know that sounds like we're getting carried away. But I'm just excited for what I'm watching. That's all. Yeah, you're allowed to be, I think. This is a bloke that was taken pick 76. Come on. This is ridiculous. Everyone laughed. (laughs) Everyone laughed. Except us. Well, I mean, we might have had a giggle. Yeah, well, I mean, everyone laughed at us. And as Stewie Jew knows, (laughs) you're not allowed to laugh. Oh, yeah. Well, he's not laughing anymore. I, I just loved how he did that. He actually found a way to call his club a laughing stock. Without actually saying it out loud. I mean, it's the best pitch for a priority pick I've seen in years. <laughs> Get him into politics. <laughs> That's some expert spin. Now, uh, look, the thing about Mitch is, I reckon if you go through the archives of this podcast and have a listen back to, you know, we've talked a lot of nonsense over the journey, I'm sure, but this is the thing that I've been hoping for for so long. And to see it come to fruition is just so exciting to me. To see... Mitch Lewis just stampede out from the goal square and taken on his chest. It's just, oh, Well, yes. I remember watching him in the VFL and he seemed to be missing every shot at goal. Mm. He corrected that. Yep. He still had good hands in the VFL. Then we found out that he played golf off scratch, so he knew he'd get along with the rest of the players pretty much. Because <laughs> apparently right. Hawthorne's a golfing club. Oh, big golfing culture. <laughs> yeah, Sicily especially loves his golf. So... You know, he's obviously a very, very talented young man, but he also has the, I don't know, the competitive ability, mm. the willingness to get better. Oh, it, it's it's going to be very good to see him develop alongside Patton. You've called it, have you? Patton's, that deal's on? That deal's on, along with uh, Canelio. Yeah, Canelio, oh, thank Canelio. you. Canelio, yeah. yeah, that's it. Don't pronounce the G. Yeah. Don't make it a Jaeger situation, okay? <laughs> <laughs> They're still buggering that up. Yeah. Anyway, so uh, apparently um, Cornelio will be the steak knives now after <laughs> after his injury. Is that right? Well, it's not an ACL, but it's still, it still probably hurts his value a little bit. Meniscus, tear, something like that. Yeah, rest well, of the he, year off. Yeah, he's not playing for the rest of the year, yeah. so... Well, I didn't think it was an ACL the way he did it, but there was certainly a lot of conjecture about why he was out there in the first place when mm-hmm. he looked so proppy. And if you think about how Tom Scully, uh, a couple of uh, listeners mentioned to us that he felt a lot of pressure mm. to perform yep. or to get back on the park, um, which is one of the reasons why he says he left, uh, perhaps Cornelio is pretty much out the door. 
I tell you what, Hawthorne's Twitter, all abuzz. As soon as it happened, it was I mean, a little they, bit despicable. If, if they had, <laughs> if they had a, an actual uh, supporter base, <laughs> yeah, right. we would I have copped you. it, wouldn't we? Yeah, I think so. It was but, pretty shameful. Uh, well, we, we immediately dispatched Jager to the, uh, to the rooms. That's right, he was there. We know what we're doing. <laughs> no, they're great mates, and I'm sure he had everything, the right things to say to him. Yes. <laughs> Yeah. He got a mission briefing probably before he went down there. <laughs> I don't think they're that. Clarkson uh, wearing counting. a trench coat. And <laughs> Actually, Amira um, uh, looked like he pushed himself through his last month of, um, well, below par effort. Hmm. Oh, well, not effort, but output uh, in that last quarter. Can I be honest with you? I'm not done talking about Mitch. So, dead set, rising star nominee tonight, announced about 6.30 on 3AW or something. <laughs> Maybe. I mean, we're, our recording's probably going to clash with that, so we won't know. Uh, I don't think he's going to get it, because it's just been one of those weekends where a few young players have really stepped up, including Mitch, but yeah, I don't think it's going to happen It'd be two key forwards in a row, Larky mm. and, and, and Mitch Lewis. Jared Cameron for West Coast was my pick last week, he's my pick this week. I think his his time's going to come. Nevertheless, Mitch had a good game. Pretty similar stats compared to the Collingwood clash last week. Finished with 16 touches, 5 marks, 4 of those marks contested, and 4 of them inside 50. Ah, okay. So pretty good. Kicked 3-2 and had a goal assist as well. This is the kind of presence that I've been yearning for in our forward line. We haven't had it for a while, and it's here. We heard from JP Mack at Hawk Talk Pod, on a scale of 1 mild to 10 monumental, rate the injustice of Mitch missing Rising Star nomination again. <laughs> uh, well, it's meant to be cumulative. I don't I don't get how that works. Well, it means if why, there's a... Why re- make it a weekly award if it's cumulative? It means if there's a week, if there's a week where... No kids do any good. They can still <laughs> award it. Okay, right. So they're just covering their, yeah. their all bases, really. Yeah, fair enough. We heard from Crusher as well. Sam Mitchell was number five. Jordan Lewis is number three. Add them together and you get number eight. Do you? <laughs> I don't want to talk down to the listeners when I do that arithmetic there. But <laughs> seems that's what's happened. Uh, Mitchell, number five. Lewis, number three. Add those together. You get Mitch Lewis, number eight. Yeah. Um, yeah. Okay. That's good. <laughs> what, what did you make of that point? Well, you don't think it's worth discussing? It's a little uh, bit coincidental. No, isn't it, it is. It is very coincidental. Uh, Mitchell and Gibson, Nash. There you go. <laughs> I think is that just, how that works? Well, I'm just highlighting oh, the point I, that it is coincidental. I, I see the Lewis and the and the Mitchell thing. See, I, yeah. It's, yeah. All right. <laughs> and, and Do you we think move they on. did that at the club? No. When I, they're awarding the numbers, they're like, "This will be great." I want to live in a world where they did it deliberately. I don't think they did it deliberately. Because they've given out Anderson's number, mm. which was eight mm. in the 89 grand final. Yeah, Taylor Jure, thanks. Right, right. yeah. <laughs> but they've given it to a, a forward presence, mm. which really it hasn't done in the past. So I am thinking they've got the five from the Mitchell and they've got the three from the Lewis and they've gone, you know what? <laughs> Let's just bump. Jiray off the list so we can do this, all right? Oh, wow. It goes even deeper than I imagined. Jeez. No. Taylor's not looking too bad for the dogs either. I had a quick squiz the other night. Yeah. We're not missing him. No. No, that's true. Well, well, that, look, I'm, that, I'm that, glad he's got a, a superannuation um, <laughs> deal. That, that's not to take anything away from Jiray. He might be playing well. I haven't seen him play much this year, but... Uh... Down at Hawthorne, we're not really missing him. I'm, sounds a bit mean, really, because I don't, I don't mean it to be. Dual premiership player. Oh, I, I, look, I love him for that, but uh, right now we don't need a Taylor Jure at the club, so it's fine. Now back to Mitch Lewis, who said <laughs> yeah. that he loved the fact that Wingard was in the team because he seems to kick it to me a lot. <laughs> <laughs> oh, don't you love that? <laughs> Uh, let's talk about uh, Tricky Ricky, Tricky Ricky Henderson. Uh, a couple of quiet weeks, precisely re- the return to form that we were kind of after from him. Yeah, up against Bradley Hill, or Brad Hill, as he's known now that he's gone to Western Australia. They had a great little tussle, didn't they? They did. Brad Hill had himself a terrific game, but was I feel by the form of Henderson was effectively neutralised. They kind of cancelled each other out because... Bradley uh, had 37 touches. Yeah, but this is what I'm saying. You look at Hendo's stats, they're nothing to uh, turn your nose up at. The 25 touches at 80%, 11 marks, 7 inside 50s, 5 rebound 50s, 5 tackles, 2 goal assists. 
Gained 100 more metres than Brad. 654 metres gained, if you don't mind. So what I'm saying is, like, they both had pretty good games and I think they kind of cancel each other out. Yeah, I I enjoyed that contest. And it was interesting to see Smithy uh, mouthing to Brad halfway through the game and and, and apparently pre-match before he'd even... Oh. Yeah. Well, Smith was on the bench and apparently he was giving it to Hilly. (laughs) Well, it's nice to see them uh, at the final siren. They all came together in the end. They did, yeah. Yeah, interesting. He's not coming back. <laughs> he might come back. We can't afford him. Imagine Brad how much back. money he's on on that list. <laughs> yeah. Well, you never know. We'll see. We'll see. We're getting everyone, mate, in the off-season. It's a huge <laughs> off-season for Hawthorne. Uh, let's talk about a guy that we got last year, Chad Wingard. He uh, has recovered from his injury. He's back in the side. Big things expected of him. What did you make of his game? Didn't need many touches to have an impact. Mm-hmm. Doesn't seem to miss. Yep. Beautiful kick. 15 touches at 73.3% disposal efficiency. Six tackles. Kicked two goals. Now, not gimme goals by any means because they were... No, that's right. They were pretty tough kicks. The way he received them, eh, it's kind of a couple of Fremantle blues. Well, the first one was a direct turnover. He kicked it straight Hughes. to Chad. Yeah, I think it was Hughes. Right in our back, yeah, I'll in never our forget that. That's one of the great ones. That <laughs> was... Basically just handed a goal to Wingard there. And the second one was... Yeah, but was... you've got to kick him. Well, that's right. No, the, there's a bit of the thing where if you don't deserve the goal, hmm. you don't kick the goal. No, I, I don't. You know, I'm not withdrawing that, credit that, from Wingard. And that doesn't, that, doesn't affect, that doesn't affect Chad. He deserves every goal. <laughs> According to him. Yeah, and I love it. <laughs> the second one was, uh, you know, how Ricky got that 50-metre uh, penalty. Yes, and then he was obstructed by Fife and they didn't... Uh... They decided to enact the Brownlow medalist clause and not pay the extra 50. <laughs> it should have been paid. But here's what happened. I don't know if you noticed this at the time. I only noticed it upon replay. So Ricky's obstructed. Mm. He doesn't get the free kick he's looking. He doesn't get the extra penalty he's looking for. Right. But he jogs on and he has the ball and kicks it to Wingard, uncontested mark. Wingard's probably Immediately not- walks away from the goal. <laughs> no, well, yeah, Wingard is prepared to line up. It's yeah. from about 50. And then the umpire's like, no, 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 bring it back. And it's like, oh, okay, all right. Gets back to Ricky Henderson, who just chips it to Wingard again. Really? Yeah. That just, did not happen. It did happen. Fremantle didn't man him up <laughs> twice. In fact, the second time, he was uh... in an even better position unmanned and then gold from just inside 50. <laughs> it is some of the worst defending I've seen. See, Roscam, I told you at the time. R- we were watching- Roscam. We should have had it on in the bottom left corner. Just... His reactions are so downplayed that whenever he does react, it's enormously entertaining. So what you're talking about is you want like a press red for Ed. And you know how every other club looks like they've got way too many in the box? Yes. It's just Ross in that box. Have you noticed? You don't see anyone else. Telling. (laughs) (laughs) Well, hey, do you actually uh, catch vision of the Crows box? Did you see that? Laughing. No. (laughs) No. Uh, Against the Suns. Obviously, the Suns were pummeled into the dirt yet again. And uh, the Crows box just filtered out. What? They just... Yeah. Well, no need for the stats this week, boys. Pretty much, yeah. At one point, there was like three blokes in there. (laughs) And apparently, I I think... Not enough work. Um, You can clock off early. Yeah, well, yeah. (laughs) Essentially, that's the look of it. And, of course, the media's just descended. They've they've just seized upon this and gone, oh, it's disrespectful, disrespectful. I'm like, oh, stuff it. Bloody hell, Gold Coast are disrespectful to the AFL game. (laughs) Exactly. So, look, do what you want. What I did enjoy, uh, Mm -hmm. you know how Port did a number on Adelaide? Yeah. Well, one of the Adelaide supporters got on after Port had been done by Brisbane. Mm. And went last two weeks, one win, one loss to both sides. Mm. But percentage-wise, Adelaide are far ahead. <laughs> <laughs> Excellent. I do like that banter. Uh, we heard from a few people, uh, Re Wingard. We heard from Brad at Hawk Talk Pod. Can't hear any of the Chad Wingard haters today. Very quiet indeed. Uh, Tony added, he shows what he brings with energy and intent. Give him some continuity, dot, dot, dot. Got some great vision, Wingard, I think. He does. He does. Uh, And we heard from Anthony as well. I wonder if the media will now say we won the Wingard trade. Don't like seeing Burton injured, but if the roles were reversed, 
they'd be jumping all over it. Got to underline that he only had 72% game time and was mm-hmm. put to the bench in the last quarter. Only had one touch. You know who else was put to the bench in the last quarter? Would it be Birchall? Birchall. I was going to say. And he had 11 touches. No, 10 touches in that last quarter. Oh, there you before go. Before he went off. So Birchall... Just shows that he's running out the game. Because I was a little concerned. Mm. He'd only played a whole game once in the VFL. He'd True. had a half, he'd had three yeah. quarters, and then he had a full... And I thought, oh, he's not going to run out of game against Frio. Were you mentioning the percentage of Wingard's game time? I believe Birchall had 66%. Two-thirds of the game, yeah. So really, if you just want to you know, do a sneaky rewind listers and listen to, the, listen to those stats again, uh, it's pretty Pretty decent. extraordinary. Yeah, so welcome back. Uh, so, I mean, it must be hard for Ross knowing who to man up on now. And as soon as you get Scrimshaw back in there, who is the Birchall lookalike, <laughs> it's going to be incredible, the amount of... Um, distribution we're going to have out the half back line hmm. with and let's face it Birchall knows exactly where to put the ball for the best movement forward yeah it, uh, it all starts from the from the back where's Gunston going to go this week that's my question we're going to get to that we're going to get to that because we've got some selection dilemmas which is a nice spot of bother to be in really uh we'll get to some other players first though before we move on from the recap Ollie Hanrahan Still in the team, 13 touches at 76.9% disposal efficiency, kick 2-1. Got to keep playing him, Tiz, really. Yeah, I think so. There's no reason to drop Hannah's. Uh He's got a, a lovely attack on the ball, mm-hmm. and um, I noticed that he just has some element to his game where he's just in the right spot. He's always in amongst it. He always looks likely. Whenever he's sort of in the play... Dangerous. Yeah, you feel like something's going to happen when he's around. Uh, what about Luke Bruce? To... Oh, the everywhere man. <laughs> well, he's the game's unsung hero, I feel, because I didn't really notice him on the day, if you can believe that, because he finished with three goals. but At 92% disposal efficiency, yeah. 12 Tw- touches. Eight tackles. He led our tackles, Luke Bruce. Yeah, uh, he, ha- he was going through a poor month um, mm. when Hawthorne had their slump, but he's really hitting his straps now. Yeah, absolutely. I agree with that. And uh, your mate, Nash? Uh, yeah, what, what are you going to say about him? Well, I think the talk about his game is pretty uh, complimentary. People seem to think he played his best game for the Hawks on the weekend. I wouldn't nine contested possessions, far. some beautiful yeah, handballs. Nine, to nine space. contested possessions. Yeah, well, well, he's, that's a, big, he's why. a big fella. Not many people are prepared to get in his road. <laughs> uh, he has a presence, though, doesn't yes, he? Yes, he, he does. He's important at the moment for that. And uh, well, not... we were watching a couple of times. He was definitely out of position, mm. and uh, I think there were a couple of goal line. Actually, our goal line. Um, performance was pretty bad at either end of the park. Yes, I would agree with that. Yeah. But a couple of the set shots that fell short, Nash should have been on the line there for that. Yeah, you know, at least he was good for a goal when it really mattered. To complete oh. that chain of play with yeah. the Warple smother, um, it was good for him to finish Fan- off. Fantastic finish. This was also a game where you got a bit of everything from one Tim O'Brien. A bit of everything. He's sort of giving with one hand and taking away with the other there, Nick. Well, I have to because he had a real 50-50 sort of outing. Don't you agree? He started well. He did, yeah. He was flying for everything and taking them. But he makes space. Mm. Um, Nash, having Nash pull back towards the goal and having Timmy O'Brien lead up towards the footy Mm. means there's a whole lot of space in between them for Mitch Lewis. (laughs) It's fantastic to watch. Yeah, and we didn't have Wingard really up forward that much. Mm. He he was rotating through the centre. Yes, that's right, yeah. It was an excellent game from Wingard in the centre there. People were sort of on the fence with O'Brien, erring on critical more than anything. We heard from uh, one of our listeners, Ramon, at Hawk Talk Pod. O'Brien had nine disposals at 44% and is apparently, quote, coming of age. What constitutes a poor game from someone that has been in the system seven years? Yeah, the thing about Timmy is if you drop him, he's only going to get worse. Yeah. Do you agree with that? Yeah. I think he's going to get cut this week. Yeah. I think he has to. For Gunston. Yeah. Yeah. And and no, it's not even really having a go at him. I just think it's the easiest call to make. It's it's the most logical one. I don't think he played that badly. Can't play him in the back 50 this week? Uh, who do you get rid of in the back 50? Yeah, now that Stratton's come back in, he seems excess to requirements, Timmy. Yeah, a little bit. But he's, you know, I mean, that's his worst game we've seen this year, I would say. Really? You thought he was that bad? I didn't, I didn't feel he was well, even he that bad. Well, he didn't make howling errors. No, that's what I'm talking about. He, I don't he think just, he cost us he tremendously. He just lost impact. He, I mean, he brought the ball to ground. He didn't really get out marked, which mm. I like. Yeah. And which is 
one of the main tenets of being a forward, as long as you don't get beaten in the air. One of our listeners, Darcy, at Hawk Talk Pod said, although he used the ball poorly yet again, Tim finally showed me something aerially that gives me hope. If he can clunk them like that every week, I'll be very happy. Well, you know, that'd be the dream, wouldn't it? Tough down there at Tassie, though. Yeah, yeah. I mean, show me the Frio forwards that were dominating in the air. I'll show you a Hawthorne forward that was dominating in the air. Yeah, but, you know, he's one out the box. <laughs> you know, he, yeah. he can't all be pick 76, you know? <laughs> Uh, point well made. <laughs> and how are we rating Scully at this point in time, Tiz? Did he, is it lack of preseason showing now, do you think? I think it might be. You've been harsh on him in recent weeks. Particularly, I've noticed when I watch the footy with you as well. Oh, thanks for <laughs> throwing you under the bus. <laughs> throwing me under the bus with that. It's just that uh, he gets to so many contests, yeah. I think, that he gets shown up in, in just as many. Um, no, sorry, not as many as he gets to. Yeah, okay, That's yeah, unfair. Okay. But at yeah. one point, he, he was the only man that got anywhere near, um, oh, what's that bloke that travelled from GWS to Frio and is still just as bad? McCarthy? Oh, right, Remember yeah. he manned up on McCarthy for his mark in the forward 50 there? Yeah, is that the one where he didn't compete at all? Well, he got to there. Yeah, well, he's, um, he was there. We needed to he, do something. We had a presence there, but, yeah, you know. That's generous. But he's 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 covered that much ground. Yeah. Uh, we heard from Justin. Think Scully needs a week off. Looks cooked to me. He's played every game since round two, coming off a serious injury. It's yep. a fair point. Uh, we heard from Stewie Bro as well. Is Tom Scully providing value at the moment with the likes of Cuz at Box Hill going so well? Two very, very different players. I'd say so, yeah. I see his point that one's performing, mm. but you know, I, I wouldn't say they're like for like at all. You'd have to shuffle some things around. Yeah, well, it'll be interesting, the uh, the selection this week. I mean, Geelong aren't in their best form. And no. it was interesting, I think, did Jack Steele go to... Go to Kelly on the weekend, and Kelly was pretty much well held. I don't know, actually. So uh, I was surprised by how well St Kilda did down there. One final thought on this game, Tiz, because it has to be said, um, the commentary was just absolutely appalling. So Dwayne Russell finally has identified himself as Nat Fife's dad <laughs> yep. in the way that he commentated that Oh, second quarter rebirth. I'm surprised the uh, the rustling of pom-poms didn't come through on the commentary audio because he was dead set a cheerleader for Fremantle most of the game. And then when we got out to 30 points, uh, the lead, we had, um, what's his name? That bloke that won a Brownlow once? Um, oh, oh, Jared. Yeah, Healy. He's, he's yeah. known as Jared. Yeah. <laughs> okay. Uh, Jared Healy just decided just to take the complete fun out of the whole contest. Hawthorne mm. wasn't that good. Yep. It was that Frio were poor. Yep. Uh, you know, and then you got on Twitter and it was like, oh, Frio shouldn't have to travel to Tassie. Mm-hmm. It's so unfair. We travel every week. Yada, yada. Maybe if they bought their actual best lineup once in a while, they yeah. might have a chance. Yep. Hawthorne aren't that good this year. In fact, our 11th, are we 11th still? We might be 12th. I, I think we're 11th. Bugger. <laughs> um, it, you know, it's just completely, it flatters us. I was going to say, we're beatable. Yeah. <laughs> We know this. We're not the toughest team in the comp, obviously. Otherwise, we wouldn't be there. He knows how we're going to play. Yeah. And he did practically nothing. Yeah. Uh, he didn't I mean, really we, make any moves, did we, he? We sat on Monday. Ryan was terrible off the <laughs> halfback flank. Yep. They've been their main power moves. Mm. Uh, Walters. He, he, it's just... He was pitiful, Walters. Yeah. Apparently a superstar of the competition. But, oh, yeah. uh, let, Let's not go there yet. Well, I expected a bit more from them. I was yeah. hoping that this game would be one of those relentless struggles where I found out a lot more about our team than I actually did. Yeah, that's true. Yeah, that's fair enough. I was very happy with the win, but um, yeah, not going to lie, I expected the same sort of thing. Um, it's fair to say the uh, the entire club had a fairly good weekend, but for the, the VFLW had a draw. It came down to the wire. It was Carlton, wasn't it? I think it was Carlton that they uh, they had a draw. As for Box Hill, though, Good to get away with a win. What an incredible game. Were you well, listening? I was listening. Uh, I've got to admit, there was a point where I tuned out. When was that? First quarter. <laughs> <laughs> no, I came back, though. I came back. That's so, what the VFL was like. This is what AFL, well, the VFL used to be like in the 80s. When it, <laughs> you'd have a win to one end, and yeah. you'd have these kind of results where a team looked out of it at quarter time. Yeah. And you'd look up at the board and the R versus S, and then you have to look it up in your guide mm. to work out which teams they were. <laughs> um, 
you know, Arbus and Kilder and they'd be 40 behind and then all of a sudden the other team would be 10 yeah. ahead. It's ridiculous. I was sort of, it seems to be a bit of a uh, routine now, week to week, where I'll, I'll have 3WBC on whilst I'm doing something else. They were in good form. They were, they were a lot of fun. Uh, but yeah. It, freezing down there. Once we were like 43 points down, I was like, uh, well, I wasn't really paying that much attention anyway. I'll just get on with my work. They never gave up on 3WBC. They no. were talking it up more than Bruce does. They, yeah, credit to them. They give it some energy. They give it some gusto, the 3WBC And they were right. Yeah, We came back. Yep. In the end, in case you hadn't figured it out, listeners. fourth quarter, we kicked uh, seven goals, seven. That's 14 scoring shots. Yep. To none. To win by three goals. There's 18 points. An avalanche of goals from Box Hill just buried the opposition. Uh, Initially, as I've pointed out, it was Frankston that had Box Hill on the ropes, holding a 43-point lead at the first break. We did respond, because I guess we had the wind. And uh, we clawed our way back into the contest. Who responded? Miles kicked the first, and then Kajitsky kicked the second, and then Miles kicked the third. I was going to say, Miles helped himself to another one. Well, they, they were his two for the day, but that's that's leading. Yeah, it kick-started things for us. There was some cause for optimism at half-time, and then Frankston, they blew out the lead again to five goals. And I, I will third admit, quarter, yeah. Yeah, by three-quarter time, it was five goals. Well, 31 points. And I didn't tune out, but I did think, mate, to be honest. I was like, oh, well, we're done. I don't think we can get off the canvas again. We've already done that once. But uh, a huge final term got it done for Box Hill. Cozzy slotted his second for the day. An avalanche of goals followed. You had Mackey, Roughhead, Cousins, Golds, Pitonet, and finally Cousins again with a miraculous effort from the boundary. Yeah, Connor Glass copped a big knock and was still running it out, running out the game. Yeah. So it was quite an effort from the boys to show their pluck. And it would have been horrible down there. According to HawthorneFC.com.au, Cousins battled hard to finish with 25 disposals, three marks, three tackles, and two final term goals, while fellow midfielder Harry Jones continued his superb form to gather 24 disposals and lay 12 tackles. Getting close, isn't he? He's got to be. And Cousins. I mean, two goals, two. Pittman had 53 hitouts. Yes. Yeah. 21 touches as well, six tackles and a goal. So Pittman's just putting together a pretty good season. Caden Brand had seven intercept marks. He had some good highlights on the day. So they, uh, the, the commentary team were talking him up. They're looking good. They could go back to back. Yeah, well, all of a sudden they're in fifth. They're, they've kind of had an up and down season, but they're in fifth now. And they return home to Box Hill City Oval next Sunday. And uh, they're going to have to take it up to the second place Richmond, who you remember we, uh, we just narrowly lost to at Punt Road earlier in the yeah. year. Well, you've got to remember the name Will Golds because he kicked the goal that put us ahead. Yes, yep. He looks like he could be anything. You're so excited. Very excited about him. <laughs> Is that our next guy? We've called it from a long well, way. Walker, well, Walker took a couple of screamers yep, in yep. those conditions. They're like, mm. And they did call it like it was Rioli on the They did, yeah. On the radio. <laughs> yeah. I was like, ooh, going a bit early there. Well, he's wearing the 33, so. <laughs> he is wearing the 33. Uh, leading disposals, Moore with 31. Andrew Moore. I mean, uh, he was pivotal to this win. It was a real captain's effort. Did we find out what happened to Morrison? Because he didn't appear after half time. I'm t- well. I had to research this today. I'm told it was a rolled ankle, but I'm not confident of that. If, if any listeners want to let us know, at Hawk Talk Pod, uh, just let us know what happened with Harry Morrison. But uh, he didn't take part in the second half, it's, as you say. It sounded like one of those things Hawthorne hear about someone's not pulled up too well from the game yesterday, mm. and they decide, all right, well Morrison's the next guy in line, so we might be resting him. Yeah, could be Scully. Maybe, maybe. Uh, so there it is. There's Box Hill with a tremendous win over Frankston. And uh, it's fair to say, heading into this um, this game with Geelong, one ten pm on Sunday, very strange time, the MCG, uh, we've got some uh, selection dilemmas. We've got, some, uh, we've got a pretty healthy list, it must be said, and we're in a good spot. Well, like I said, how are Geelong looking? Are they going to be fully fit and firing or...? Well, they haven't been in the most incredible form of late. I know they're obviously top of the ladder, but they're coming off a pretty soft encounter against St Kilda, I would have thought. Uh, although it was reported otherwise. But, I mean, it's St Kilda. Are they really coming to the party? I, I don't think so. Uh, it's a good time to get them, I think, with Geelong. Well, I think it gives credence to Richo being a good coach, being able to get that kind of result down there. I guess so, yeah. yeah. They, but, weren't, em- they weren't embarrassed. No, they weren't. It was at the Cattery as well for, for those... Uh, 
that haven't kept up with it. They, they, you know, not a lot of teams fare that well down there. Uh, looking at potential inclusions, we're likely to have Gunston and Scrimshaw available, I would think, Tiz. So then who comes out of the side? Well, I did hear that uh, Ablett didn't pull up too well and he went forward late in the game, still kicked two goals, much mm. much like a Geelong midfielder pushing forward with an injury. <laughs> yeah. Uh, but So if he drops out of the lineup, mm. and you'd expect that they'd be going through their training block at the moment, we might be in with a chance here. I don't know whether Scrimshaw comes back in or whether he comes through the VFL this week. Yeah, I might prefer him to come through the VFL. Uh, it's a it's a little bit longer than I thought he'd be out now. Yeah, it is. Yeah, and so he might need a bit of touch. Yeah, uh, there also doesn't seem to be a need for him to come back right at this moment. That's right. Yeah, it's what I mean when I say it's a good problem to have. We're not we don't need to rush him back. Guns, really, Gunston's due to come back in. Yeah, yeah. I mean, you know, talking about what what's up with Gunston, these niggles. If they want to give him another week, we could potentially do that as well. Uh, or they could take him back. I mean, the obvious switch, as we've mentioned, is uh, uh, Gunston comes in for O'Brien. Mm. Well, I wouldn't mind another midfield against Geelong. I think mm. that would be a good idea. Yep. Jones? Yeah, well, I don't think they're going to debut someone against the ladder leaders, but maybe. <laughs> it's. Uh, I don't expect us to win, but I do expect us to make a good good effort and a good performance of ourselves. I think we're gaining some confidence. Yep. And uh, we're going to have to be very careful going into the back 50. Our inside 50s are going to have to be enormously well-directed against the intercept marking Geelong. Just look for Mitch. Okay. Yeah, well, if that's the idea, they just (laughs) hoik it long to Mitch, we're done. Yeah. (laughs) It's never that simple, obviously. Uh, We heard from one of our listeners, Al, uh, at Hook Talk Pod. Cousins is in purgatory for now, and with Mitchell returning and the slight possibility of Cogs arriving, where does he fit in? It's a player you don't want to lose from the list, but I feel like it's unfair for him to remain a fringe player when he could play AFL every week, in my opinion. Well, you've got to have the whole, uh, what do they call it? The squad. Yep. You win a premiership with a squad, mm-hmm. not a, not the 22 anymore. I'm hoping he's satisfied with being part of the squad. I'm hoping he's satisfied with being a depth player because that seems to be where he's headed for 2020. I would be more worried about Morrison and his lack of development this year. Yeah, true. No, that's, that's a fair point. All right, so the weather will probably be awful. The car park will be shut. Probably the trains won't be running, um, so there won't be a great contingent of Geelong fans. Um <laughs> But it it should be, you know, great fun going out and watching Hawthorne sort of dismantle the Cats' attack at the Premiership. They're two games clear at the moment. Yep. Easily we can make it one game. Mm-hmm. Yeah? What are you thinking? That's what I'm all about. That's exactly what I'm after. Just making them vulnerable. I feel like this is the perfect lead into the Rams. What do you reckon? Yeah, go for it. Sitting pretty on top of the ladder, Geelong, you might think you have nothing to fear from this Hawks outfit. And fair enough, I mean, you ask us fans what we're after, we could take or leave finals this year. Honestly, we'd probably prefer the picks, get some young guns, come back and haunt you another day. But creating a little chaos on our way to the off-season, shaping the eight, making sure you don't get that home final you're always whining about... Well, that's just way too much fun to pass up, Geelong. You can think of us when you're on the plane to Perth. You can cast your mind back to where it all began to fall apart, when the nightmare began, when the seeds of doubt were sown, when you first had that sneaky suspicion you're not the best thing going, and come the biggest moment, you could crumble. I want this Sunday's game to hatch a brown and gold parasite that feasts on your insides, infects your confidence, lays waste to your premiership campaign. Cats fans, if you thought we weren't up for the fight this Sunday, that there's nothing left for us in this season, you're wrong because as we all know the players the coaches the staff the fans the 80,000 plus members there's nothing better than beating Geelong there's one thing better than beating Geelong isn't it? that's being Geelong with the blueprint everyone else can copy (laughs) (laughs) just in time for finals (laughs) yes oh I'm well on board for this oh it'd just be such a great upset wouldn't it oh wouldn't Clarkson relish it even if he didn't win if he, even if he got close and they just somehow struggled over the line but he displayed to everybody else exactly how to go about dismantling that midfield well, well that's the thing probably the most ideal scenario for us because we you know we don't want to bloody make finals teams, I don't know I, I think I got into that trap you know yeah. the Melbourne trap where I just got complacent with losing and now we've had a couple of wins i'm like no let's win again that was a great yeah, feeling I know. yeah it's a, yeah it's really and starting then, to bother me because i know it's probably not in our best AFL interest house was only going to reward me <laughs> if i'm shit house <laughs> that's right 
So there's a lot of uh, cognitive dissonance going on with Hawks fans. It's like winning is good, but we, let's not bloody sneak into the finals. Jeez. <laughs> Don't bugger it up. Yeah, and, <laughs> Just... then, and then I can't help but feel Sydney found a way to lose. <laughs> yeah, against Carlton. Yeah. yeah. That's a fair call. Are they trying to get David Teague the job just so they're <laughs> shit house for another five or ten years? So they're working strategically on levels we can't even begin to comprehend. <laughs> they're playing 4D chess, is it? I mean, a coach signs a contract, they generally lose. Yeah. It's a weird thing. <laughs> I, I think, you know, you touched on a good point. The exact result we kind of want this week. Do you remember Aaron Lord when he signed a contract? Oh, my goodness. He wouldn't get a touch that week. <laughs> We we want to scare Geelong, okay? That's what we're after this week. If we win, well, that's that's pretty fun. But I'd be happy also to just, you know, take them within like, you know, five points or so. Do you think Ruffhead so. gets a game this week just to put his knee through danger again? Well... It seems to be a fixture in the Hawthorne season. Danger going back with a flight of the ball, Ruffhead leading with the knee and punching the ball away. <laughs> I'd bring him in, if only for that reason. <laughs> no, what's happening with Roughhead? We're going to see a farewell game, yeah? It was a bad game for Roughhead to um, have to play. Well, he kicked uh, a goal. We managed he, that much. And he was very, very happy about that goal because that was in the last quarter. Yes. And really gave us a sniff. Mm-hmm. So he, he's uh, relishing training and teaching those boys around him. And uh, he didn't have many touches himself. But what he was providing was a big body there mm-hmm. and making space for Cousins and Moore and, and Will Golds to be able to get their touches and, and, and get to the outside. Let's get to some miscellaneous questions uh, here. We had uh, we heard from Hawk Girl and Morgan and a bunch of others, but I've gone with Hawk Girl's tweet here at Hawk Talk Pod. Isaac Smith was on Fox Footy's Bounce giving an overview of the Richmond GWS match. He mentioned that Cogs hurt his knee and said, we're not happy about that. <laughs> Tongue in cheek or something more. Wow, did he really say he that? He apparently said that, yeah. Oh, loose lips. <laughs> loose lips, Smithy. Come on. We're not happy about that. Well, of course we're not happy about that. On a human level, <laughs> yeah. we're not happy about that. Right? Yeah, I'm sure that's what he meant. Yeah. yeah. He's probably good friends with Cogs. Well, that bodes well. Don't you think? Send him down with Jager to the roofs. <laughs> <laughs> no, I, uh, what that says to me is... Uh, he might be talking as an AFL player. Mm. And having seen how Cogs looked when he lined up, yeah, he may be underlining that he wasn't happy about the fact that he got injured so easily. Oh, possibly. I think there's a bit of there's danger. There's a lot reading. of ways you can take exactly. that. Exactly. There's danger reading but into that too I much. Think, I, think, um, I think he's odds on, don't you, to come to Hawthorne? Oh, I'm not going to go that far. I got into uh, a waged a Twitter war with someone who insisted he's off to Perth. Why? Because apparently his family says so. No, I mean, so. why did you bother? Oh, why did I bother? Yeah. yeah, I've been asking myself the same thing. Okay. But I, I just didn't like the logic. I didn't appreciate the logic of it. Because I, I basically said, look, I don't think it's a done deal. Otherwise, we it would have been done. Um, <laughs> I, I think logically, he's probably just, you know, waiting until the end of the season. And he's hoping that the asking gets bumped up. All right. right. Well, I mean, if you were, if you were Cogs, wouldn't you do that? Mm-hmm. You have all these teams chasing you. Including the team that you're at. That I you're think his manager to. does that. I don't think Cogs needs to worry about that. It does, well, it doesn't matter. The deal He's had, been on a fair bit of money at GWS anyway. All I'm saying is it's not a cert that he's going to... It's not, not a cert that he's going to Perth. It's not a cert that he's going anywhere. Okay. Why would it be? It just doesn't make sense. Mm-hmm. You don't do deals that way. And I went back and forth trying to convince this idiot of it. Oh, jeez. It's a rabbit hole. It really is. I really... It just, just makes you appreciate our community. <laughs> Living in our little bubble of sensible Twitter followers that all like Hawthorne. Love it. Uh, we heard from Brito at Hawk Talk Pod. Given Cornelio's injury, uh, should everyone rethink the idea of picking him up? Secondary, secondary to that question, how many recovering knees is too many in our engine room? Well, would we get him cheaper? Well, that's the hope. I mean... Uh, I mean, I've referred to them as doer-uppers. Yeah. And that's, that's what they are. What I loved, and, you know, I, there was a sort of vulture mentality as soon as news came oh, through yeah. that uh, Cornelio got injured... All these Hawks fans have already brought it up this pod. They Kennedy all just, Clinic. Yeah, that's right. Hashtag that, Kennedy that's, Clinic. That's the thing I liked the most. Hashtag <laughs> Kennedy Clinic. Get him down there ASAP. That's what we do. Got to work our wonders with uh, with Cornelio. <laughs> yeah. I think we could. I think we could. But uh, 
I guess we'll see what happens. Now, we heard from Mal as well. This is very nice. Uh, with recent musical rants and other features, Hawk Talk Pod is becoming the Hawthorne FC version of Coulda Beans, with Nick as a young champs and tears a budding coves. Discuss. Discuss. It's like an essay. <laughs> he sees it as a good thing. Mal it is adds. a good thing. I love the Coulda Beans. Yeah. Actually, ABC tried to shaft them a few years ago, and the listenership brought them back. Oh, there you go. Yeah, they're very popular. And a long-standing... Long-standing group of guys. Yeah, that's uh, quite flattering, actually. Yeah, thanks, Mel. We're, we're going to have to do more musical numbers now. I think, uh, yeah, we, we've got a couple of our, up our sleeves. Uh, even one that uh, a we, listener what suggested. What we need is crowd involvement, though. We need them chantable. That's true. That's true. We need that M10 songbook. Hey, are you coming to M10 this week? Uh, sure. <laughs> Put you on the spot with that one. Oh, come on. It's the last game of the MCG. Oh, yeah, it is, isn't it? Yeah, yeah. thank you, IFL. Yeah. Uh, unless, of course, we play finals. <laughs> oh, there he is. <laughs> There's that spirit, that fighting spirit from Tiz. I'm I mean, not quite GWS there don't look like they're going much further. Really? They? Really? You think they're going to miss the eight? Well, look at their injury list. Yeah, maybe. Look, who knows? They haven't got the easiest month ahead. Yep. Got to get past us. Yeah, in, in Canberra. Yep. Uh, we heard from Stuart at Hook Talk Pod. Nick and Tears, is anyone else thinking what I'm thinking after two wins on the trot? Oh, here we go. He's in, yeah, he's in league. Here we go. Uh, Hawks finish the season in seventh, go all the way to win the flag. Clarko brings back Tom Mitchell and Sean Markers for the grand final. <laughs> there it is. Sean Markers for the grand final. Well, we know what he's like in a grand final. That's right. Mitch scores the winning goal from a contested mark delivered by Warpole, and Henderson wins the Norm Smith. Surely a winning combo for Mason's multi. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Now, we do have to win one of these. All right. If we're going to get to Canberra, we need to win one of these multis. <laughs> okay. Let's go through it. We could also just, just before uh, you get to that, though, uh, really brief sentence on uh, Greenwood. He's apparently tipped to come to Hawthorne. A number, a number of other clubs are in contention as well, apparently. But I love him. Underutilised player, plays mm-hmm. forward, plays through the midfield, inside, outside. What can't you do with that guy? So thumbs up from Tiz. Yes. That's a thumbs up from me. I love him on the list. You did uh, flag this as a possibility some weeks ago. Only because he's being treated so badly by Adelaide <laughs> and well, Don Pike. And yep. apparently Gibbs is on the... He's on the I, I remember he nearly got dropped for the, I think it was round 10, which is when I mentioned it, mm. and uh, he was reprieved mm-hmm. in that someone um, dropped out of the lineup, and yep. he hasn't missed a game since. There so, And he's 27, I think, next year, so mm. he's not young, yep. but he's experienced, and I think he's hungry, which is exactly what we're looking for. Anyway, that's uh, Hugh Greenwood from Adelaide. We'll, we'll uh, watch this space because uh, it's been tipped that he's on his way to the Hawks, or at least we're uh, front runners. We're we'll looking see. for him. Yeah. Anyway, let's get to the multi. All right. Here we go. Friday night. Uh, let's hope you get past it. Jeez. <laughs> Adelaide, Adelaide Oval versus Essendon. Uh, Adelaide. An easy beginning. No, it's not. Essendon is somehow going to find a way to pinch that. I just know it. Uh, Richmond, Port Adelaide. Oh, Richmond. Carlton Suns. I was about to ask, Richmond, is that at the G? Of course it's bloody at the G. Uh, so who was it? Carlton Suns. Yeah, Marvel. Oh, 17th Car- versus 18th. Carlton. See, Suns can't win that or they don't get the priority pick. So I think you're right there. Well, just the Suns have nothing going for them anyway. So GWS, Collingwood. Oh, Collingwood. They've had a win on the road. They'll be up and about. Brisbane North. Brisbane. Uh, Dockers, Sydney. Oh, what a shocking match. <laughs> oh, no. Uh, Dockers. Because uh, Buddy's going to miss again. Yeah, they look terrible at home against Carlton, so Sydney shouldn't be winning. Mm. Uh, Geelong, Hawthorne. I'm going to go to the Hawks. You just don't want to go, do you? <laughs> Have say, you ever been to Canberra? Is that why? <laughs> do, do listeners want me to tip the Hawks? Probably not. Well, it's not a Friday night, so you're, you know... The yeah. curse doesn't exist here because no one cares by the time it gets to is Sunday. It wi- <laughs> That's right. Is it wild to think that we might be a bit of a chance? No, we're a chance. I mean, they, they were meant to wipe the floor with us last time and they didn't manage it. Yeah, okay. All right, well, moving right along. I'm going over the Hawks because I need to bump the uh, the winnings up, you know. Can you just give Hawthorne plus the line or something <laughs> just in case we lose? All right, well, we'll see. Melbourne, West Coast. Uh, West Coast. Now, that's at a ground called TP, what? which is apparently Alice Springs. Still Traeger West Coast. Park. Yeah, still West Coast. And St Kilda Western Bulldogs. Bulldogs. 
Ooh, you reckon? Yeah. St Kilda coming off that very good performance against Geelong mm. and Western Bulldogs only managing to get over Melbourne. Mm. No, mm. Bulldogs. All right, so not, I better sell those tickets to the Canberra game, I reckon, after that. <laughs> oh, you haven't bought tickets. Yeah, I've got tickets. No way. Yeah, I bought them in March. Bull, I don't believe it. No, I do. I'll show you after. Uh, anyway, that'll do us for the Hawk Talk podcast. We need to get out of here. Uh, get some social stuff, though. Just a reminder, you can rate and review us on iTunes. Please do that. We'd really appreciate it. Uh, and uh, Twitter, at Hawk Talk Pod. We've surged beyond 1,500 followers, which is massive. A huge thank you to everyone who Big jumped on Big uptick on, board. on uh, Facebook as well. Yes, absolutely. Facebook.com slash Hawk Talk Pod. I think we're well over 500 likes now. It's the little brother of our, of our Twitter headquarters, and it's going well. Anyway, I'll get there early. I'll uh, have all the alcohol and everything I need, and then, and then oh, I'll head not... out to see you. No, it's not like that in M10. Isn't it? Well, I mean, maybe for a few people it is, but <laughs> not the people I like. <laughs> <laughs> no, it, uh, it should be good. I mean, Geelong's always a, it's a good one to go to. It's, it's a good last MCG game to go to, and a good one to spend in M10. Cause, uh, not our home game, though. No, it's not our home game, but people turn up, I hope. <laughs> it's hard to know this season. It's hard to even know if the team turns up lately. But oh, that's a bit rough. It is a bit rough, considering we've just had back-to-back wins. I'm sorry, listeners. I don't know where that came from. No, they'll be, they'll be set for Geelong. Don't you worry about that. Just need a few more Chris Scott gifts, you know? <laughs> <laughs> we are a happy team at Hawthorne. <laughs>